Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John, thanks for joining. And I'm joined as ever by a man who scored a goal that, if you can all cast your memories back to that Ronaldinho uh, goal against England in World Cup 2002, was it a cross, was it a shot? Scobie, was it a cross, was it a shot? Um, it was that many years ago now, John. I can't even tell you. I think it was probably a cross, but at the time, I definitely said it was a shot. Well, it ended up in the back of the net anyway. I did. I think I did it again next year as well. My footballing highlights in a in a, in a small nutshell. Absolutely! What a wand of a left foot you had back in the day, Scobie. Back in the, it's still there. I lost it. <laughs> not quite as magical. <laughs> the listeners uh, benefit. I'm not one-legged now. Um, <laughs> how are you today, mate? You well? I'm, I'm, I'm well, Scobie, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I've actually just moved flat, so I'm currently uh, boys deep in boxes. Mm. So I've got a new setup here, um, and hopefully nothing falls on my head while I'm chatting to you. Nice. Uh, and obviously you found a, found a place with a, with a fully uh, operational sound studio, so you can record the pod every week, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and I've soundproofed uh, the walls so my missus can't hear us uh, chat shite. <laughs> very good. Right, should we get into it? Thanks very much for listening once again, guys. Uh, please do follow us at FitBarPod on Twitter, where we are very active. We tipped over 700 followers this week. Scott. Yeah, big milestone. Thank you to all of the followers. Um, and just good fun, good interactions, always, every week good community on there we've talked about before uh so yeah thanks everyone for that indeed indeed okay so this week lads we and lasses we are going to talk about a bit of transfer news but a little bit quiet on that front this week so what we're going to pull out in part one is a couple of key themes that scobie and i have noticed uh running up uh to this game week and yep. in part two scobie as ever you will take us through the matches focusing on three and touching on on the others and then in part three of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod, we will, as ever, answer your questions on the Twitter sphere and look ahead to what is a mental-looking game week. It is. It is game week 10. Game week 9 was a good one. Game week 10 um, looks promising as well. Game week 10. And, and, just, and a reminder here, listeners, uh, if you take one thing away from this pod, well, I hope you take a number of things away, but this is quite a good point, is that at the end of this game week, the transfer window will shut on the 5th of October. Wow. There we are. I think it's, it seems like it's, it's, um, it's cooled down anyway, safe, safe to say. You know, it's, it's probably more exits now, isn't it, as we, as we kind of plot to the end of the English transfer window and we see mm-hmm. if any of those moves we've been talking about since, well, day dot on this pod actually come off. Exactly, exactly. So those are the usual suspects we've been talking about. You know, your Morelos's, your Edwards, are they leaving? Uh, West Ham rumoured to be in for Morelos today, I did see. Um, mm. But I mean, Morelos has been um, linked with every man and his dog in Europe, I think, this summer. So we just have yeah. to do take the uh, rumours with a pinch of salt. Hibs are, uh, just going off Jack Ross's comments after the defeat to Celtic at the weekend, Hibs are looking to bring a couple of new bodies, I think. Uh, Cal McGuinness who's the captain at St Mirren, midfielder. Yep. He's been out since January. Uh, they're trying to get him in. Obviously, Aberdeen are interested as well, because we know that they love to steal uh, Hibernian <laughs> targets. 
<laughs> yep. One, one worked. McCrory worked. And uh, Ojo, the less says about that uh, man, the better. And then <laughs> a, a strange one, Scobie. I'm not sure. Uh, I want to get your views on this. I did see that Hibs were trying to go in for Alan Campbell at Motherwell. I just can't see them be able to afford that. Can you? No, I think especially after the Turnbull transfer, Motherwell will be, um, you know, looking to offload him at this point. Put themselves in a difficult position if they if they let Campbell go too. I don't think Robinson will be happy with that either. So um, that's not to say he won't go. I don't, uh, you know, in the next maybe even in the next year or so, if he keeps up his good form. Um, obviously, he's with the twenty ones now as well at, on the national level. So yeah, but I can't see it happening. Is that you saying Turnbull has gone to Celtic, Scobie? Because uh, that would probably get you a job at Sky Sports Scotland, judging by their uh, preview at the weekend, <laughs> the Motherwell Rangers game. Yeah, the Sky Sports Scotland office didn't fucking cover themselves in glory, did they? <laughs> nah, nah. Do you want to just tell the listeners what happened for the guys that haven't seen it? Well, it's, uh, you actually you allowed it to me, um, but it's, uh, it was a promo for, um, for Motherwell Rangers at the weekend. Uh, who was facing up to us? Ryan Kent in his Rangers colours. And David Turnbull in his mother of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> failed to recognise he was actually playing against Hibs for Celtic um, a few hours later. But um, yeah, not a great start for, for Sky, is it? Things like that don't exactly inspire confidence. I know. I was. I think we're like like every uh, Scottish football fan disappointed that BT Sport uh, lost the rights at the end of last season. I think they'd been doing a really good job of uh, yeah. covering our game. And Sky have done okay, actually, but it's things like that that don't help at all. And Aberdeen pop up on a lot of sort of random things. I was chatting to one of my mates who works at Sky, and it's because Aberdeen are obviously first in the alphabet. So their logo comes up as the template for anything that Sky Sports creates. So if someone doesn't check it, then Aberdeen will pop up on Sky Sports News. (laughs) That's a good bit of inside knowledge. (laughs) <laughs> right, we, we, we digress, we digress uh, So what the key theme we are going to talk about in this part of the podcast this week, Scobie, is penalties Here we are Because there's been an awful lot of penalties There's a lot of penalties at the weekend And from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, importantly for our listeners It seems like you need to get penalty takers in your team Yeah I mean, it's a debate that's uh, ensuing across all of football. Um, we saw it down south this weekend, um, amplified by that terrible decision went against Tottenham. There was also equally questionable decisions that went against Motherwell. You know, we'll get into that when we do review the games at the weekend. But as you say, um, we I think you've got the numbers on this, but we were at an all-time high um, for, for penalties at this point in the season, are we not? All right, so we've had 17 penalties so far this season, which is nearly half as many as last season already. Granted, last season stopped early, but that's uh, quite mental. All right, so 136 penalties in season 18-19, which is a lot, but we're still ahead of that run rate as we stand just now, I believe. Um, and, you know, it's just the handball law that the way it is just now, you can, as a forward, get into the box and just punt it at some guy's poor bastard defender's <laughs> hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's uh, no, it's it's all the more important. We've been seeing it, seeing it from the start of the season. So done a bit of digging. I mean, I've um, I was very happy. Um, my Lewis Ferguson shout um, has paid off, paid off at the weekend. Um, again, we'll get into that when we cover the games. But two penalties for him. He's just a classic example of you know where there's value. Him against some of the other um, you know 
the incidental midfielders that we've talked about, the likes of Hedges and such, in that Aberdeen midfield, what Ferguson has over them is he's the penalty taker. He's had four this season already. Um, and then looking around the rest of the league, I was sort of trying to pull out, well, who are the penalty takers? There's no um, immediate list of it. Obviously, some teams actually haven't had a penalty yet this season. Um, and it was just an interesting one to look at to, to, to kind of identify who might be worth targeting. Um, so just to run through a few of them for you, Rangers, obviously, Tavernier. Um, it looks like um, Celtic with Edward will have to maybe find a new penalty taker, but he is still the penalty taker for them. Chris Burke at Kilmarnock gives him value. Ross Stewart at Ross County has got two this season. Um, Dykes was at Livingston. It looks like Jason Holt has stepped up, and he is now the penalty taker elect for them. Um, so, yeah. Definitely have worth having a look at when you're when you're looking for you know four players to bring in. I think it just gives them something extra um, as the season goes on. Um, yeah, you know, they can bring to the table every week. I yeah, I completely agree with you, Scobie. I think yeah, just a piece of advice now, and I'm going to try and take this on as well. I think you hit the nail on the head with Ferguson at Aberdeen. You know, you're tossing up between good midfield options of Hedges, Ferguson, and Scotty Wright, all similar priced. Who should you go with? Probably the penalty taker. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and that was O'Hara that took the penalty in Motherwell, so he's probably going to be on them. Uh, aye, just to wear in hips, it does look like it could be Nisbet going forward. Uh, scored one for his hat-trick at Livingston. It is Scott Allen normally uh, at Hibernian, uh, according to friend of the pod, Michael Syme. Uh, just a word on Scott Allen. Heard some really uh, horrible rumours that uh, he might have to retire due to uh, medical conditions. Uh, so just some really sad news and I hope all's well with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, horrible, horrible news if that is the case. Um, he's a great player. Um, and yeah, definitely, definitely sad to leave, see him leave the league. I was wondering, because there was a question mark, if you've got him in your team, there's a sort of strange injury designation on him at the moment, just saying unknown injury, unknown return date. Um, so it did seem like, and, and the way that it's been talking about in the press is that something, you know, something was going on um, that was a little bit strange. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's not true, but one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Hopefully he's well. And, um, well, on that sort of less uh, sad note, should we get out of part one and move on to part two? I think it's time to move into part two. Let's do it. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fit Bar pod. This is the part where we look back on this weekend's action from a fantasy football perspective. My plums are pumping, Scobie. Where are we going first? Where are we going first? Uh, well, we always like to give a good um, account of the whole league. Uh, so keeping with that theme, uh, for now at least, uh, I'm going to take you back to Saturday's action and the game that I want to pick out first to discuss um, is Livingston's 2-0 win over St Johnston. I mean, a word on them, just to start us off, goals severely lacking, it seems. Um, they've actually only had four total in nine games this season. Um, and I don't think that was for lack of chances, I think specifically at the start and specifically for Stevie fucking May. No goals <laughs> in six now for St Johnston. 
Uh, they, I mean, they're playing okay, but Davidson could be the first manager to get his jotters this season. What do you reckon? It looks like it. And, and I think just from a fantasy point of view, I don't think any Super J's own, uh, players are, are really ownable right now. Um, I know you made a case for a few of them at the start of the year and that double game week might have lured some people in, but uh, I thought Conway looked kind of bright at the weekend. But yeah, I mean, there's just nobody who can finish the dinner over there. So might well be. At the other end of the turf, though, um, Livingston, as I say, carrying on some good form. They look good against Celtic. They look good for a couple of games now, actually, and that's impressive given they got, you know, they saw Dykes depart. Um, Scott Tiffany had a fantastic game uh, got the opener as well as an assist um just feels like there's some goals and some value in the Livingston team if you can kind of find it this is the never-ending quest I guess with fantasy to find people but you know a guy like Scott Tiffany at four million a lot of points he brought in at the weekend uh, you're always wondering if somebody like that can get on a run so you know what we say about bandwagons stay clear of them um, but yeah one to watch I thought Alan Forrest he was a popular choice for many at the start of the season uh, cheaper option at 3.2 million um, and then he sort of got himself a goal finally kind of getting back into the mix of things I think he could again maybe kick on they've got good running games as well worth noting with Livingston Dundee United Kilmarnock uh, and Motherwell to come um, so Kobe, Kobe, I'm just going to stop you there I actually disagree that they've got a good run of games coming up uh, Dundee United away I mean, United will come on to, well, we might not come on to today, but they're, uh, they're one of the form teams in the league. Shank the Tank is banging goals in. Sporl, the, uh, the Argentinian bale, uh, looks excellent. So I think Livio might be in a bit of trouble there. They've then got Killy at home. That's Killy that have won five of uh, the last six games, if I'm, if I'm led to believe, uh, in, the, in the right way. Kabamba's banging in four and four. So that's a tough fixture. And then after that, they've got Rangers away. Are you being the right same fixtures as I am? Point taken. Maybe maybe the other way when you when you look for their defenders. But I think um, I think there might be goals in those games. There's certainly you know not been a you know I, I think there's opportunities. I'm going to put it that way. Maybe Forest is worth looking at. I, I just like the way Livingston are playing at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I take your point. I mean, at the same time that they were on bottom of the table prior to this game, they're now off the bottom of the table. To be fair, I did put in John Guthrie at the back, because he's 2.2 million and he, and he returned me with a clean sheet at the weekend. So maybe I shouldn't uh, piss all over Livingston's chips too much. Yes. Leave those chips alone. Um, look, <laughs> worrying times in, uh, in Perth, though. Uh, as you say, one win in 12 games. Pretty shocking. Uh, so one to also consider if you've got... Uh, players from certain teams going up against St Johnston. That's an easy one if you're looking to your subs bench. And who might you want to start? Uh, St Johnston seems the obvious one to target at the moment. Aye. Other end of the spectrum, talking about one of those teams that you think might present a challenge uh, for Livingston, Motherwell. Well, who fucking knows? Um, fantastic against Aberdeen last week. High hopes going into this Rangers games. And wrongly, tipped by a pundit on this podcast uh, to cause some trouble for Rangers. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that. I really did think they actually might make a point in the end. Uh, While well, I couldn't have been much more wrong. Uh, Rangers got this sort of Sunday goal fest off to a flyer, pretty rampant, were they not? Uh, from the first minute, Morales went close. Sign of things to come, really. Uh, and then we get into, obviously... 
Tavernier's somewhat controversial penalty shortly after. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we tweet about it and, it and it's become quite a favourite on Twitter. And uh, if in doubt, in uh, Scottish fantasy football, always captain Tav, he has come back with return after return after return. He's, we've talked about how attacking he is, his positioning on the park. He's always involved in Rangers going forward. He takes penalties. See part one of this podcast for importance to penalty takers. And he takes corners. This man is a must-have in your fantasy football team, people. And I still don't have him. <laughs> and I can't embarrass it again. He was on the fucking bench. Awful, awful. Yeah. No, I need to listen to my own podcast and my own advice. I've had him out of my team for far too long. I mean, he's just a word on Tav. That's 50 points in his last five games. <laughs> yeah, 84 points overall. And if you think about the fact that people are captaining him most week, so therefore, the you know the the doubled uh, points return on that. You know, if you if you perhaps in each of these games, you use hundred points, which is just bonkers. Um, and That's one hundred and sixty points. I mean, top scorer's got what about five fifty in this game, so probably no, nearly twenty five over twenty five percent of people's points for the yeah. season is coming from Tavernier if you've captained from yeah. the start. And Absolutely. well played to those people that have done, which is excellent. I actually also. Uh, I did I did a weird thing this week, Scobie. I did a minus eight hit because I just got a little bit jumpy with my team. I uh, wanted to get Ryan Kent in because I, unlike you, actually did think Rangers would pump Motherwell because uh, I think the Motherwell result against Aberdeen was an outlier of a lot of bad form this year. Yeah. Um, but Kent actually had a quiet afternoon from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, did he not? He did. He did. I mean, five goals and he wasn't involved in a single one. Pretty odd. Um, the other people getting themselves on the score, score sheet, Jones, uh, two from Itton, who's been the kind of, um, the sort of forgotten man. Oh, fit, fine, Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> uh, he was good. I mean, I was picking the bunch. His uh, first goal was a belter. Um, I think people have been focusing on Ruth uh, more so since he's come in, but Itton looked good. Um, and then Blumen Edmondson's own goal blemishes that clean sheet record, much to the agony of, uh, I'm sure, many football, uh, fancy football Scotland managers around the league. Mm. So, yeah, Motherwell crashing, crashing back down to earth. But I wouldn't worry too much if you brought in um, some assets. I'm going to be repeating myself again. I quite like their run of fixtures coming up. Uh, <laughs> Gilmarnock is a tougher game. I'll concede that. But then they've got St Mirren, Ross County, and Livingston to come. So following on from that game, directly after the Rangers Motherwell Goal Fest, we had Celtic looking to negotiate um, the season's kind of high flyers in Hibs. Uh, Celtic were very much at the races on Sunday. McGregor uh, got his second in his many games, and he's actually kind of quietly going under the radar as one of the... um, one of the players to watch, one of the form players of late from a fantasy point of view, he's got 28 points in his last four games. I mean, all pales in comparison um, next to Tavernier, but that's, that's a pretty good return for somebody who can still get a 5.5 million. Agreed, Scobie. Actually, I think at the start um, of this podcast, if we prepare, uh, put our minds back to the preview, we did say McGregor was a very 
attractive fantasy football option because he does tend to play 90 minutes of every game in that midfield for Celtic and he's starting uh, to, to offer returns, which is quite interesting. And he is at that 5.2 million price tag uh, where, you know, sort of Elianusi type area. And as we've discussed many weeks, that Elianusi's uh, starting um, is not always guaranteed for Celtic. However, that was an excellent well, finish from him. It was, it was. I mean, talking of his value, McGregor's actually shot up now. He's 5.5, as I say. And then, funny you bring up Elianusi, he's actually dropped now. You can get him at 4.7 million. I actually think that that's a sensible move. He got that goal, and I think he's kind of finally converting all that appearance, you know, time on the pitch and all those goals he's been scoring for his country and in Europe into potentially Fancy Football Scotland League points so um i actually think elianusi is one to kind of maybe target going forward if you've not already got him so hibs i mean i think they had their chances throughout um but neither nisbet or dodge could capitalize i want to just focus for a second on that pair um nisbet's only scored one in his last five now um dodge one in his last six they were very popular picks at the start of the season, rightly so. They both did fairly well in this, but obviously particularly well uh, at the start. I'm just wondering if, if you haven't already, is it now maybe time to offload them? I, I, I take your point, Scobie, and it's a very good one, well made with a lack of goals. I think what you have to take into account here is that they have just played the old firm back-to-back. Yep. It was obviously the hardest test in Scottish football right now. So just wondering if our listeners have stuck with those players. Maybe you should stick with them a bit longer because you get to reap the rewards of a Hamilton at home yep. next, of a Ross County away after the international break. And after that, Killy away, fair yeah, enough, yeah. tough game. But they've yeah. got a t- couple of games there that are all right. Yep, yep. So keep, maybe keep the faith for the next couple of weeks. You've um, waded through the old firm. Um, sort of difficulties so maybe it is time yeah I agree with that I see where it is um, I think we were just coming on to as well back to Celtic for a second uh, up front what do you do with those strikers and Jesse scored his fifth in six games he's now up to 7.2 million but he limped off which was a sad sight to see because I felt like he could have possibly got more goals if he was if he was there for the, for the second half um, what would you be doing? Well the Albanian uh, President or first minister will be absolutely gutted, I'm sure, to see his star talisman um, be injured off for the next two to three weeks. I believe he's out for until at least after the international break. Do you keep with French Eddie, who just looks disinterested with his finger up his arse half the time? Um, I think you look, you look across the other side of Glasgow and you and you. Probably at this, if you're wanting a um, top-tier striker, you know, he might be off. But Morelos has looked a bit more back to himself last couple of games. He scored a few. Um, he's probably the one to go back to now, isn't he? If you, if you feel like you want to have one of those, uh, say, top-tier strikers. Um, I, I take your point. I'm probably, from a personal point of view, I've still got Eddie in my team. I'm probably going to stick with him for one more week. I'm going to ride out this weekend, see what happens at the end of the transfer window, 
and uh, international break and then reassess my options up there. Ryan Christie, you know, if you're not getting that premium striker in, maybe you get the premium midfielder in. He's yeah. basically playing up front half the time, so he's a pretty good option. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking to a good friend of the pod, Craig Gagan, just a little bit of insight on the, on Celtic. Um, you know, Lennon, according to him, doesn't really like uh, Klamala, who, as we've said, is looking pish and uh, probably not going to get much of a look in. Yep. So, you know, it, it's quite tricky up there. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, it's, it's a difficult one, what to do with your Celtic assets. Well, as we move on to cover off headlines from the other games, uh, talking of strikers in a nice run of four, maybe you don't need a top-tier striker. we go got Kilmarnock first, uh, squared off with St Mirren. The latter, St Mirren, obviously looking to avoid a fifth consecutive loss in a row. They didn't. Uh, Nicky Kabamba up to 4.5 million now. Um, got the goal, which is his fourth, as you said earlier, in four games. Chris Burke with the assist, which was his second in a row. So nice return if you stuck with Burke. It's looking really good this, uh, this last couple of games, Kilmarnock. Um, and also Kabamba got himself called up to his uh, international squad for his efforts as well. Democratic Republic of Congo. Good on him. Great to see the strikers in the Scottish Premiership get international recognition for, as you say, electric form from oh, Nicky Kabamba. He's been fantastic. Uh, and I think if you're, if you're pairing him up front with, uh, with Shank, you're a very happy man this weekend. I certainly was. Kabamba was who I brought in. I brought in Kilty as well, um, who I thought looked really good and was, was unfortunate not to, not to contribute anything. But um, as I say, Lawrence Shankland, second week running, another goal. Two goals in two games. Proper strikers finished that. He was just exactly where he needed to be for the tap-in. Um, and who, who was it, John, with the assist? Sporley. That man, Sporley. A very Spurs... popular transfer in, I believe. I mean, I think there must be a lot of listeners to last week's pod because, uh, because he was a, a very popular um, choice. I do believe that Spurs were quoted, Daniel Levy was quoted saying, I signed the wrong bail after watching Sporley's performance <laughs> the first 57 minutes. I meant that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one in Tangerine. Um, credit to Hamilton, know that man, a dolphin once again. He's got three goals in five games um, and a clean sheet in that time. He's at 2.2 million. It's an absolute no-brainer. If you need somebody sitting on your bench, surely it's a dolphin. Get Hakeem in, man. I mean, what a danger he, that boy is from set pieces. And especially when you've got Templeton putting on a sixpence like he did in this match. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. the definition of heat's first. Um, absolutely. The, one of the bravest headers I've seen in a long time. Two Dundee United players going full swing at it with their boots and the Dolphins head just comes in like a torpedo. Bang, bottom corner. Fantastic diving header. I think it's his second diving header that he scored from... Um, you know, out of those three goals. So, yeah, good fun and good to see it, good to see it from, uh, from Hamilton, that Hamilton spirit, as Brian Rice said after the game. Um, back to winning ways uh, for Aberdeen. Um, as I said earlier on the pod, that man, Lewis Ferguson, repaying my faith with a brace, um, propped up by Marley Watkins. First goal for the club, was it? Uh, first goal for Marley Watkins for the club. I'm not sure if there'll be too many more, judging by his finishing, but he's certainly... 
uh, is an excellent addition to a link-up play for Aberdeen. But from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, I'd be steering clear, especially with news that Curtis Main and Sam Cosgrove are uh, nearing fitness again come after the international break. Just a word on Tommy Hoban. Uh, He's played uh, nearly 600 minutes for Aberdeen across eight games this season. And the Dons have only conceded one goal whilst he's been on the park. Fantastic. And he's and he's good. He's a good price, isn't he? As well, um, yeah. Look, clean sheet was a, it was just an all round really tidy performance for Aberdeen. Um, so there we are. I think that kind of wraps up our review of the weekend. Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Fitbar Pod. Listeners, thank you so much for staying with us. If you've got here, as we say, we are having some technical difficulties owing to me moving flats and having me Wi-Fi, man. How did I not get the whiskey sorted in time? Get your missus off the dial-up. Oh, mate. I'll see somebody watching Bake Off throughout this as well. I've got no idea. That's probably why this uh, connection is shy. <laughs> Oh, well, into our final part, we've made it. All right, from star, from star Baker, we'll move to star Twitter follower. Brendan Wilhide has asked an excellent question. Scooby, get your knackers into this. How often do you take future game weeks into account? For example, do you try and prep for your lineup three to four weeks in advance to avoid taking hits? Good question. Again, he's always in there with that. With a pertinent question, isn't he? Ur Brendan. Uh, no, thanks for the question in, uh, in all seriousness. Yes, um, I'd like to think I do. Um, I think we talk about it quite a lot on the pod who teams are playing in general. I think having, uh, knowing from a holistic point of view kind of what that run of fixtures looks like for any team probably influences you and your choice on specific players within the team. Um, I think... One thing that maybe is lacking in this um, app, to, to, we don't, we've not been talking about the app all that much, but I do find it frustrating that you can't have a look at the upcoming fixtures um, a la the fancy Premier League model where you can kind of see fixtures naturally. They, they, they've now moved into fixture difficulty by other colour coding and whatnot. It would be a good thing, I think, a good addition to the app to have that. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree, Scobie. Uh, I mean, the, the guys at Fantasy Football Scotland are doing an excellent job for what is, well, should we say, their second attempt at this game. Mm-hmm. And they have told us that they do have some features in line, uh, potentially for the new year, not just the new season, the new year. So perhaps that's one we'll see there, which would be really useful. Yep. Um, um, but just to go to just to uh, dwell on Brendan's question a little bit more, from my perspective, I mean, I would like to say that I plan three to four weeks in advance, Brendan. Uh, but I got twitchy fingers on Saturday and took a minus eight hit just to get Kenton for that game. And you know, if I'd actually left my team as it was, I took out Elianusi, who got himself a goal and uh, would have had a better game week than what was already a pretty good game week. I'd have probably hit um, 80s, potentially 90s, had I not done that. So 
I, I think you do need to uh, prepare for your transfers. And as we keep talking about this magical game week 13, which is now very much on the radar, I think we all need to be preparing for that, Scobie. Do you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally nailed it there. I think a few things to call out as well. If you are looking, um, obviously, within the Fantasy Football Scotland community, uh, FPL Mads um, and Sati have both been... Um, Super helpful, I think, for all fancy owners out there by providing those kind of um, fixture lists um, and using that kind of well-worn colour coding mechanism to show difficulty. So good things to look at if you're considering a player uh, and you're wanting to kind of map that out. Uh, particularly shout out to Sati's spreadsheet. Oh, I lost you. Nope, still there. Oh. I was just ending on that. There's me, just get it's all in my head. <laughs> that was just dramatic effect, John. That wasn't a technical glitch. Well, I think that was actually quite a well-answered question, a really good question. It's always nice to shout out uh, the lads in the community that are doing some great work. So I suppose, should we just conclude on that question and just follow every bastard you can find in Fantasy Football Scotland Twitter, and they will guide you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big family. Uh, big family, big family. Right, um, next question, because I actually think, just going back to how we answer, talked about Celtic in part two, I think we both kind of sat on the fence. So I'm going to try and get us both off the fence. And FPL Royalty and Michael Simon both had the same question to me. So thanks for getting in touch, guys. Uh, it's what's your plans for Celtic strikers? In particular, Royalty says he's been doing the hokey-cokey uh, between Edward and Ajeti all season, and it's worked. But he's waiting for it to blow up in his face. Scobie, get off the fence. Tell me what you're doing. Um, Quite simply, if you've got Edwards, I would put Morelos in. Um, if you've got a Jetty like me, I think you're probably going to. Well, it's about kind of looking at your strike force. There's a, there's a lot of good options there. I think Shanklin and Cabamba, we've talked about already, really, really good options. So maybe mixing it up with strikers that have got a good run of fixtures that you think you can bring in. So and then and then allowing yourself to spend that value elsewhere. So I'd be dropping down you know, picking someone out. I think with that Hibs run looking quite inviting, I might be, I maybe go back to Kevin Nisbet again, a penalty taker too, we think. So maybe Nisbet frees up a couple of million and I could probably upgrade to somebody like uh, Chris Burke into a Ryan Christie. So that's maybe my thinking at this point. Yeah, I think this week I'm going to stick with Edward. I'm going to give him one more week. And but what I am planning on doing is downgrading my premium strikers to, as Scobie alluded to, your Nicky Cabamas of this world, your Lawrence Shanklins of this world. And then I'm going to go with a premium asset in midfield in Ryan Christie. That's mm -hmm. where my head's at. Uh, and that will probably be the same until, until Sam Cosgrove returns for Aberdeen. So yeah. I think he'll be back in the next month. Now, uh, off the top of my head, I think it was about seven million. Scobie. Seven million years, yeah. And, uh, yep. and the way Aberdeen are playing, they just need that final piece of the jigsaw up front. So he could be the answer to all of our premium strikers. Does he steal the penalties back from my man Ferguson? Well, that's a very good question, and one that I'm sure uh, Derek McInnes is mulling over just now because Ferguson has been excellent with his penalties, four, but four, you can't also awesome, can you? I don't think you can, mate. I don't think you can, but Cosgrove has an excellent record on penalties as well. Yeah, so penalty machine. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one to end on, guys. 
I'm sure yep. uh, my new neighbours were loving me shouting out my window to get this Wi-Fi <laughs> connection <laughs> on the balconies. They're, they're, they're heavy smokers, so they're actually out there just now uh, listening to me natter on shite about Fantasy Football Scotland. Scooby, do you want to take us through the league table quickly? Yeah, a quick one to the league table. Uh, some good, really high-scoring week, obviously, so that was exciting. I thought I'd had quite a good week, but I've actually got red arrows uh, surrounding me. Uh, 60 points was not good enough. So, uh, still top of the table, and I've broken the 500 um, point mark. Uh, Jordan Asika, well done, mate. Uh, 511 points. He's now got about a 30-point gap between himself and Saeed. Hassan, um, and then followed by the Queen's Eleven, the original one, you and Stephen, not the copycat, Ian Finlay, Queen's Eleven. Right. Um, actually, it's a, it's a seeker, Jordan. He did get in touch telling us which way around to see his name, Scooby, so you got that wrong. Oh, God. A seeker, I'm really sorry, mate. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I will, I will not. Yeah. I doubted myself. I was going with the seeker originally, and I've now got the wrong way around. So, yeah, apologies. All right, well, I think that's about wraps us up. That wraps us up. It's just me to remind you guys, please follow us at FootballPod on Twitter. And also, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We like reading them out. So I'm reminding you at the end of the pod, because when you turn off, you can do that uh, just now. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheerio. Wait.